Hello, welcome to the Doing CX Right podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, devoted to helping leaders like you intentionally increase brand loyalty and cultivate better relationships by doing customer experience right. Not talking or thinking about it, but really taking action and doing experience management the right way. This show is about guided steps to achieve better human and business outcomes, which has nothing to do with competing on price. This season of shows digs deep into new research and case studies reviewed with highly acclaimed authors and experts. Plus, you'll hear my insights as a practitioner working with various sectors and organizations. Besides business, you'll also hear personal stories and invaluable lessons to fuel your personal growth as we bring our whole self to work. Please share this podcast with others who can benefit and subscribe to my newsletter at doingcxright.com for updates and helpful resources to advance your business and career. Today, I'm thrilled to bring you a fascinating conversation with Lisa Ford, a renowned expert in customer experience. We discuss a thought-provoking topic of why customer service is not enough. This statement might raise eyebrows as it seems to challenge the core of what we often discuss. Yet, this episode brings a unique perspective, which is why I love it. I want you to think about this. Is it possible that in our quest to provide good customer service, we're missing a crucial element? Might we need to think beyond the conventional norms? What does it truly take to stand out in today's competitive market? And how can businesses not just satisfy, but deeply connect with and win the hearts of their customers? I'm so glad you're here and listening as I want to expand your mindset about doing customer experience and service right. Now, let's get started. Hello, Lisa Ford. Welcome to the Doing CX Right Show. Hey, Stacy. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Well, I am super excited about the topic, which is going to confuse people when I say that customer service is not enough. But we're going to get to that shortly. First, tell people, who are you? What do you do for a living? Well, I speak primarily. I have certainly done a number of um, products like a book, Exceptional Customer Service, and also a, a really series on how to give exceptional customer service. It is a CD series. I've been on the market, uh, revised a number of times, and it's very useful for people in training. So Mm -hmm. I've got the products, but really what I do more than anything is stand on a stage and talk to many different types of audiences. It could be uh, frontline. That's a little more of my history and past is that frontline. And now it's a little more of that mid-level to high-level management and leadership on the issues of anything to do with customer experience, customer culture, customer leadership, all those types mm. of topics. Mm. Why your passion around customer service, customer experience? 
Well, it is the lane I picked many, many years ago to speak on. And I was working for a small consulting firm. Their focus was customer service training. So again, there you hear the roots of the customer service training. We primarily were in a real niche market of utility companies. And that was many years ago, really worked with utilities, electric, gas, water primarily, and just immersed myself in customer service and then realized there was customer service for anybody and everybody and just continued, as I said, in that lane for all these years. And that's Mm. what I I love, how it has evolved, yet a lot has stayed the same, which I find fascinating too. Absolutely. We share these thoughts in common. Now, Mm -hmm. since this is the Doing CX Right show, everybody Mm -hmm. has their different version of what doing customer experience, I'm saying experience over service right this moment. Okay. Doing it right. What does that mean to you when I say that? First, you have to have the basics right. If you don't have the basics right, you know, it's it's the so-called table stakes. You've got to have that right first. So the basics, and that's that's just the reliability, doing what you say you're going to do, doing it when you say you're going to do it, getting it right uh, first time. So those are the basics. But then to do customer experience right, this is a whole lot of words that I can attach to it. It's got to be personalized. It's got to be customized. It's got to be proactive. You've got to show flexibility with that experience for each customer. Because again, it's personalized and customized. You've got to be flexible. Uh, I think it's got to be from start to end. And you're combining the human touch with technology. Um, As we know, customer experience really is about creating that emotional response from the customer and the perception of this is high quality, this is what I want, this is who I want to do business with. But the emotion isn't enough. It's got to go to the next step to create action. Mm. And that's what I hope we can do with a customer experience, again, from start to end. Um, And I, I want a customer to finish with the organization, the person, the website, the app, and have this feeling of, wow, that was easy. Or I got lucky. I got the right mm-hmm. person. Uh, done. Yeah. Because there's that, okay. And that to me can be a simple reaction to a great customer experience done right. Mm. Now, We're referencing two words here, customer experience and customer service. And I have my own definitions of how they're different. (laughs) What is your perspective when I say customer experience, customer service? Are they the same or different to you? They are different to me also. Um, But I, I think customer service in and of itself is truly not enough. Uh, we've got to focus on, are we delivering the type of service that creates a loyal customer? That's the goal. That's what matters. 
that's your bottom line. As, as we all know, I mean, it's easy to get a customer once, keeping the customer, that's the challenge. That's where the gold is. Because again, with the acquisition cost and all, once we have them, they are so much more likely to stay with us if we prove ourselves. So the loyalty is what's so important. And that comes from a great customer experience, a connection with that customer that makes them loyal to you. Um, My bias is a customer's loyal and then they're not. Hmm. Um, And we've got to make certain we don't move to and then they're not. Uh, Do they love you or do they just tolerate you? And too often, you're just a habit. You're just easy. It's too much trouble to stop doing business with you, find someone else. I don't want to put my customer in that position. We need to be so good that that experience keeps them rooted to us. Mm, Well said. I'll add to that. So customer experience in my um, line of work that I've been at is really talking about the customer journey and right the how they learn, buy, get, use, pay, and then get help is that service. It's, it's a lot of times reactive where customer experience mm-hmm. is proactive. And definitely. It's got to be proactive. And our, again, I interrupted you, but our customers are on the move. And we've got to be one step ahead of them. And that's that proactive. Um, and then even with problem solving, I, I'm a believer in something called forward resolve. Anticipate what that problem is before they even know they have it. And then we've got a chance of creating an amazing experience. Love that. What gets in the way? This seems so simple. <laughs> it does. And... There's a number of things that get in the way. And when you say it seems so simple, what I find amazing is this topic of service, loyalty, experience, there's nothing terribly new about it. We mentioned that a few moments ago. It's been around. It's an evergreen topic. So why isn't it the norm? Why isn't it being done all the time? And I think a few things get in the way. One is leadership. And I've got actually three things that always come to mind. So the first one is leadership. And I think in many cases, leadership doesn't keep it on the agenda. They give it lip service. They don't tie enough tangible outcomes to it. They don't define it well enough for their teams. Um, And so they, you know, and we, we use that old trite, term or kind of flavor of the month, it just kind of comes and goes. And we can't live like that if we're going to make it a part of the fabric of our culture. So leadership gets in the way. They're not committed enough. Second, our processes and our procedures. And you referenced that a few moments ago with the journey. And I, you've interviewed so many amazing people on your podcast. And my guess is nearly every single person brings up that customer journey. And we've got to make certain the customer has less effort, less friction, fewer speed bumps, fewer hassles, 
all those issues because the more of those they have, in today's time, they're not going to put up with that hassle, that effort. They do want seamless and they want a journey that works for them on their time in their preferred method, their preferred channel. They want that seamless journey. So I think our processes and our procedures get in the way. And the third thing is other teams. It's amazing to me, those silos still exist in organizations. And those silos keep data that should be being shared so that data is in the right hands of the right people when it is needed for that customer. And so all those teams, the shipping, the billing, the product design, not just the customer service reps, uh, the sales team, everybody needs to be sharing that data. Um, Mm. Otherwise, somebody, something is in the way of creating a customer experience that will keep a customer loyal. So the three you just mentioned make Mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Who's doing it right? Who do you see or have studied that is actually applying those principles and and what's the so what from it? Well, there's a a number and they're the classic examples. I I will tell you, I mean, I, I think the one that out there first, as we all know, was probably Amazon. You know, and, and is it, you know, we go you know, the Ritz Carltons and the Nordstroms. We can go way back of the ones that did it, but you really think there's a lot of human touch involved with some of those that always got recognized as doing it right, and they had that chance of having a little more human interaction. Um, but you know, Amazon was kind of the first to recognize who I am, know me, grade it into my next purchase opportunity. And they figured it out. And so now there's a lot of other people then trying to play a little bit of catch up there. Um, But then they're just simple examples. Uh, Not too long ago, working with some healthcare organizations, Cleveland Clinic, you know, well-known, and they have what they call their plan of care daily visit. Doctors, Nurses, staff, they're all there at the same time. It's not one gets there and then three hours later, another one gets there. They're there as a team with the patient. And one of the first things they ask the patient is, what matters most to you? And that might Hmm. be a family member there in the room based on the state of the patient. Then the patient gets explanatory cards that they can kind of hold on to of what to expect based on what they are experiencing. Here's something else that's so cool. They then leave a journal for the patient or the family member, as well as notepads, so that they can ask questions, um, write down questions. And so at that next plan of care daily visit, they've got their information ready to say, this is what I've experienced. This is what I'm feeling. Or, you know, we had a question. Or, you know, I was talking to so-and-so or I Googled something and this is showing. So what can you tell me about this? And I think that is simply brilliant and it's not happening everywhere. 
So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of organizations who are figuring out. Just the other day, I was in Wisconsin uh, working with an insurance company, uh, Rural Mutual, and they are working hard at their customers loyal. They have a pretty amazing retention rate, but one guy is well known for staying in touch with customers who stopped doing business with him. And he said he'll just send out text and say things like, gosh, and they do a farming community. He'll send a text that will just say, gosh, you know, the weather been kind of tough. Thought about you a few times. How are you faring? How are so-and-so doing with, you know, crops, whatever, farm? And he said a number of his customers will say, why did I leave you? I've never heard from the agent I am now with. You're contacting me. You don't even have my business any longer. Okay, I'm, I'm back. I'm coming back to you. And it's that simple step that somebody says, wait a minute, let me do what's right. Let me just think a little differently, stay in touch, and I end up regaining that customer. And then, of course, the learning curve isn't quite as steep because you've already had them as a customer. So to, to me, there are a number of organizations getting it right. They figured it out. They know it works on their bottom line uh, to be that type of organization that creates a great customer experience. Mm. Now, I want to go back to the term customer service is not mm-hmm. enough. I mean, people Mm -hmm. listening might be scratching their heads saying, but you're talking about customer service and experience, and that's been the way that they're getting their customer back. So clarify Mm -hmm. what you mean in saying it's not enough because we don't want people walking away saying, nah, I don't need to invest in that. I don't need the resources towards that, (laughs) right? What do you want them to actually- Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Stacey, it's a great question. You've got to have customer service down brilliantly. Then you have the right to focus on a customer experience. So you've got to be great at service, responsiveness, uh, the reliability, knowing your customer. Again, using their name. I mean, making them feel welcome. Uh, Having a a customer service experience where the person knows who they are. You've got to have all that. Then again, you have the right to go on to the customer experience. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, again, if I wasn't good, let's say I'm the guy who sent out the text there in Wisconsin. If I wasn't good to start, with that customer, no wonder they left me. So I had to have the customer service intact. My guess is they may have left me due to a money issue. And so I've got to figure out how to continue to stay in touch that causes them to question, wait a minute, that that money issue may not be as big a deal once I see what the relationship and the connection really means. Uh, Mm Because, I mean, let's just even go back to insurance for a moment. Many of us, insurance, 
When is the last time you heard from your agent just say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> now, if you do, it's right about renewal time. But in many cases, it's not even renewal time anymore. You just get the paperwork, whether it's in the mail, whether it's via email, you just get the paperwork. And they're not touching base with you anywhere along the process. There's no chance to even think about creating and experience when that's the case. So th- th- that's what we've got to have the service so mm-hmm. that somebody doesn't say, you know, there's no difference in these organizations. So I might as well go for price. Might as well yeah. go for fees. Um, and so we've got to have great customer service. You know, the old thing about too often we're processing our customers and not serving them. And I think we've got to have that service down first. It's got to feel like it's truly a relationship and not a transaction. And when it feels transactional or I feel processed, um, again, that's not in today's time. With today's fickle, impatient customer. I love your example. In a brand that I had worked at, there was very Mm long-term contracts. And what we would do is midway let's say three-year contract, mm-hmm. halfway in, we would actually pick up the phone and call and say, how's it going? And really a relationship right. survey by phone and not wait till the end or just send a bill. Right. That's, Great example. That's exactly right. And a huge difference. I mean, it truly does. Because again, we can, we can tick off you know, many organizations that have been getting our money for a lot of years. Yeah. It's just routine, it's habit, and they do not show anything that says we value you and we want you to stay as one of our customers. Absolutely. You mentioned that Mm -hmm. there are rules. What are some must-dos with today's customer? Well, I, I, I have some real simple rules. And first off, I believe the customer experience deepens the relationship. So you've got to be on roots, you know, so it's tougher to unroot them. I mean, the customer experience is what creates word of mouth. Um, Simple, simple example. It's way too simple of an example. There are people who every single day go to a Starbucks because of the relationship they have with someone at their Starbucks, but it works. And that's that experience, somebody who knows you. And that's the second rule. You've got to know your customer, but you've got to show you know them. Because again, there are many organizations that have figured it out via, you know, the email they send out. Um, They know us, but are they really is there a complete view of your customer that anybody and everybody in the organization that needs to has access to so that when I am dealing with you, you know who I am, you know how valuable I am, you know a hassle I've had, you know how much I have spent, you know what I'm waiting on. So you've got to not only know your customer, you've got to show you know them. And the third rule is you've got to add value. If there's no value, there's no difference. And again, 
then money is going to be the issue. And and I think you can show you value them in many ways. Uh, you guide them through maybe all the options that your organization may have for them. You help edit through those choices. Uh, that's where you do the forward resolve and you're proactive in that relationship. You figure out ways to save them time. You figure out ways to save them money. That's all that value proposition. Again, if there's no value, then they're, they're going to be looking elsewhere. Now, a lot of the things you talked about today have truly a human component. I mean, just even Starbucks saying my name, right? It's, I agree with that. I pay triple the price of a cup of coffee there for the experience <laughs> exactly. and end to end. So where does technology that's rapidly in our world come in? Mm-hmm. And how does it affect customer service? Yeah, yeah. And that's why, again, I think you've got to have leadership so on board because somebody has to be championing how to make that technology piece show they know me. Um, I think too often, I have some things I call kind of the tough questions that you've got to ask yourself. And one is, where are you difficult to do business with? And I think in many cases, that has a lot to do with our technology, um, whether it is, again, the app, the website, me trying to figure out who to contact in some way. All that technology has to have the customer-first focus. And back to your journey issue. You know, yes. we've got to see what they're having to go through or to be known. Because mm-hmm. again, you know, is the technology aiding in everyone who's touching that customer, every channel that's touching that customer, is the technology aiding and showing, I know you. You know, it's amazing to me how you'll deal with an organization that asks you to punch in your, let's say, account number, identifying information, and then you finally get through the IVR system and someone does respond, they don't have any of that information. Something's wrong with that. And why very, are we irritating wrong. the customer to start? Yeah, I'm, we're just irritating them. It's one more chance to give them a chance to say, why do I have to give this to you again? Um, it, it, it's like all the chat offers that are now yeah. on the sites in my app. In many cases, the chat is just glorified frequently asked questions. And it's not real chat. I mean, I know know sometimes it will say, you know, live chat versus chat. But again, if I'm just like chat, I I expect somebody to be able to respond to me and it feel real. And that's where that technology comes in. So we've got to be looking at, have we created, again, processes, procedures where we've made ourselves ourselves difficult to do business with? So you've got to look at voicemail. You've got to look at the menu choices, your website. Do you really have somebody who can truly chat with someone? Because as you say, Stacey, I mean, that technology has to be there um, because in many cases, 
we're not giving them the option for a human touch. Yes. And I would say also when I worked at Verizon, the inability for a customer to actually buy online and give their credit card and then it gets, there's an issue and then you lost that sale. And so, so you do need the human quality checks and you also can use the voice of the customer and AI to read the trouble points and go fix it. So that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> it, it is. And I think that will be one of the grand uses of AI. Yes. But again, who's jumping on it? And who are you assigning that to and who is going to own the voice of that customer and figure out how to use it to streamline what it is we're doing and create that better journey that closes a sale and then keeps the customer loyal. Yeah. Not easy. It requires that investment, but it's got to be done. So rapid fire questions as we're getting to the end. I have three Quick questions. One, if I had a ton of CEOs and leaders in my room right now, what's the one takeaway, one thing you want them to remember and do? Do what you know you should be doing. Most of the time, you know this stuff. Execution is the game changer. Most people Mm -hmm. talk it, write it down, have a mission statement around it, but they're not executing it, and tying it to tangible outcomes. Do what you know you should be doing. Execute it. Which is why this is the doing CX right show, not the talking CX right show. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Also, leadership we talked about today. What is the best leadership advice Mm -hmm. you've received or given that stands out? You can't expect people to be more than you are. You've got to be doing it. You've got to be the role model. You've got to be talking it and behaving it. So you can't expect people to be more than you are. And and then if you do accept kind of that lower level of performance, then that's what everybody is going to just live up to. And that's not a high enough standard. So mm-hmm. we, we've got to be the person. And finally, mm-hmm. if you could go back in time to your younger 20-year-old self, based on what you know now that you didn't know then, what would, what would you tell younger Lisa? Well, I got to go way back for that. <laughs> um, love, embrace, change. Uh, Get your head around it that nothing goes back to the way it used to be. There is no normal because we have been living in a world that just gets faster and faster and different and more unusual and odd. Uh, And I think we've got to be somebody who loves change and realize, you know, I think I might be at my best. No, there's always better. There's always 1%. Keep moving forward. And if you were 90, looking back, what would you hope that you did or would make you feel really good? So projecting the future and looking back. Um, I would hope with my work that people thought 
I need to up my game and truly be that 1% better and realize that it's a line I've used for years. My daily discipline determines my destiny. Mm. And that's been my slogan forever. And I would hope that people, because I nearly finish every speech I do with that, your daily discipline determines your destiny. What are you doing differently every day that will get you where it is you want to be? And I think that's true personally, as well as in my uh, career, in the work world, in my total organization, whatever it might be. Beautifully said. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And I'll Mm -hmm. have your contact information, your website, your socials in the show notes. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining today. I hope you will apply the lesson shared and also requesting if you would leave a review on Apple would mean a lot. Head over to doingcxright.com to learn more ways to connect with me and improve your CX. Until next time, I'm Stacey Sherman, Doing CX Right.